we see some news reports running Crimson Tide. Okay, three. Crimson Tide? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a detergent. As a quick disclaimer, Dylan and I were both sick with COVID while recording this episode, but we pulled up our bootstraps and we got it done for you guys. So I implore you, give us a break on this one. Cut us a little slack. Welcome to Hey, Did You Ever See That Movie? I'm your host, Des, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Lynn. Fear is not an option. <laughs> and backed by popular demand, the podcaster with an opinion, Pat. Hey, hey. All right. Today, we will be reviewing the 1994 action comedy, True Lies, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis, Tom Arnold, and the great Bill Paxton, written and directed by James Cameron. As always, this podcast will be full of spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, go see it, then come back and listen to the podcast. But before we get into it, let's run the trailer. How'd it go at the convention, honey? You were the big hit of the show. It's fantastic. It's, I love the computer business. For 15 years, Harry Tasker's been leading a double life. Mr. President, one of our best men is inside. Transmitting now. Right on time. I don't believe I've met you before. Rehnquist. Harry Rehnquist. Listen to the following code word. Helen. H-E-L-E-N. Now, they're about to collide. What's your exit strategy? I'm gonna walk right out of the front gate. May I see your invitation, please? Sure. Here's my invitation. Yeah, that worked good. Right out the old front gate. Can you me back a second? What's the Tasker's office? Hi, it's Helen. Is he in? How is he in a sales meeting, Mrs. Tasker? It's not like he's saving the world or anything. Well, see, this is the problem with terrorists. They're really inconsiderate when it comes to people's schedules. Can you press the button for the top floor, please? forgot something back at the office. Whenever I can't sleep, I just ask him to tell me about his day. Six seconds and I'm out. Maybe it's just that you're not in touch with your feminist side. Harry! Uh-oh. What were you doing here? I wouldn't believe it if I told you. You know what this is. It's a snow cone maker. James Cameron, director of Aliens and T2. Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's a Soviet MERV-6 from an SS-22N launch vehicle. I married Rambo. Jamie Lee Curtis. Have you ever killed anyone? Yeah, but they were all bad. True lies. What can I say? I'm a spy. All right, Dylan, do you want to give us the synopsis for this one? Absolutely. (laughs) Harry Trasker appears to be a dull computer salesman, but in reality, he is a highly trained government spy for the covert omega sector. 
He's on the trail of stolen nuclear weapons and the terrorists that have them when he discovers that his wife, Helen Trasker, is having an affair with a mysterious man named Simon. Harry uses the resources available to him as a spy to track down this man and realizes his wife is frustrated with what he thinks is their boring life. Can Harry find a solution that will make Helen happy while keeping the country safe? All right, we're going to find out. So before we get started with this, I've got some just some fun facts and some you know things we always go over at the beginning of the uh, podcast. Fun fact number one, my middle name is in fact Simon. <laughs> Something maybe neither of you know. I knew. Um, you did know. Um, and in other facts, uh, usually when we start these off, we talk about what other actors were considered for the parts. And in this one, there actually was no other actor considered for the part of Harry Tasker, as Schwarzenegger was actually the brainchild for this movie. He saw a foreign field called L.A. Total, and it's a French film. And it gave him the idea for this. And he called uh, James Cameron and he kind of pitched him his idea. And Cameron wrote this movie and it became what we all watched. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the rest of the characters were pretty much what James Cameron envisioned. Um, maybe not Tar Model at the time he was blackballed in Hollywood for his uh, troubled relationship he was having with Roseanne Barr. Um, he couldn't get work. So they took a shot on him. And Arnold didn't want Jamie Lee Curtis for the part of Helen because he was very friendly with her father, Tony Curtis, and saw her as more of a niece and thought it would be very uncomfortable kissing her. Um, and he was 12 years or tenure, but um, James Cameron really wanted Jamie Lee Curtis, and Arnold said, all right, let's do it. So that's pretty much the, the actors and how they were um, brought into the film. And I'll give you some of the awards uh, it got Jamie Lee won both the Golden Globe and the Satellite Award for Best Actress. James Cameron won the Saturn Award for Best Director. James Bruno won the Satellite Award for Best Special Effects. And this movie had so many different nominations. Um, I didn't even want to list them all, but let's just say it was like really well received in Hollywood. Um, and at the time, as I'm sure you both probably undug, this was the most expensive movie ever made uh, with a price tag of $100 million. And the last little fun fact I have is that um, Arnold had top billing written into his contract for this. But James Cameron realized that this was more a movie about um, a marriage than being just completely an action movie. And he asked Arnold if it would be okay if he gave Jamie Lee Curtis top billing and he said, okay. And Jamie Lee said, quote, that's a real mensch move. <laughs> yeah. So that, uh, that's all I have for that. Do you guys have anything you want to dug? Any little fun nuggets? No, not really. Um, I'm not surprised that Arnold was the only one cast for the movie. He seemed very fit and well-written character for him to play. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I, I could see this. I mean, we're going to get into it in this opening scene. This movie very easily could have also been played by, I mean, just in my opinion, like one, any one of the James Bond actors would have been fine. I, I could have seen a million different people in this, in this part, but Bruce I'm glad. Willis. Yeah. Bruce oh, absolutely Willis. Absolutely. Bruce Willis. No yep. question. Yeah, it's actually funny because, and I'm not trying to jump way ahead, but at the very end of the movie, there's a scene where they're laughing and stuff. And it's 
so dorky and Arnold is just like, ha ah! like making this face. And I'm like, Oh boy. It was like, who else could have done this please? You know, but I, I, yeah. you know, in doing my research, I realized it was all written for him. I was like, okay, well, I guess he was meant to do it, but. Well, you know, what's funny is, and again, this is for my final thoughts when I give my um, rewatch score, but this movie with any other actor is a different movie and probably for the better, but I'm not so sure. And we're going to get into that. Um, well, I think on, on a note, um, his accent is perfect for this role because he's an international spy. Yes. So, so he can pull off everything he pulls off through this movie, mostly just by sheer personality. We open up with a shot of a dock um, with footprints leading off to the edge of it into the water and a mansion set in front of the Swiss mountains. And we see we're at a black tie event that's heavily guarded. It's obviously invitation only. Then we're going to see a scuba diver cutting an underwater fence with a torch. The scuba diver breaks through the ice. And now inside the compound, we meet Harry Tasker, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. He makes contact with his partner, Albert Gibson, played by Tom Arnold, who's parked in a surveillance van outside with tech specialist Faisal, played by Grant Haslow. So, Pat, what did you think of the opening scene? Um, I had to, the first thing I did notice was the icy breaks through actually looks like real ice. Yeah. It doesn't look like fake Hollywood ice. So, um, I had to think to myself, was it really ice? <laughs> I can't well, see how pulling that off. Interestingly but, enough, it was, uh, super cold in this, in this, uh, party scene. I'm assuming most of this is all shot that same time. And, uh, there was no heat in the mansion. There was no heat. Um, anywhere and it was super cold. They were actually giving the extras 50 extra dollars for doing these parts because it was so cold. So it is possible that was real ice. It certainly looked it. I, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed the way he infiltrated and I, it had to be Hollywood only to where he could pull off that wetsuit, have and a tux underneath it and look <laughs> absolutely perfect. Only in Hollywood does a spy have that kind of getup. I had I would, the exact same thought. He pulled the, the sweat, this skin tight wetsuit <laughs> off and the shirt was perfectly pressed. Perfect, I'm like, not a wrinkle. I'm like, hmm, where did he get that fabric from? This movie, you know, asks you to suspend your belief, you know, about 500 times. And, you know, normally that's a problem for me in movies. If they start becoming like, you know, over campy parody movies like Hot Shots. But for this movie, it didn't bother me at all. And it's, right. it's the uh, exception, not the rule. Gotcha. Did you have any more thoughts on the first scene? No. Okay. All right. Not. So this next scene, we're going to find ourselves at the party. We get Harry doing all sorts of spy stuff. He's stealing files. He's hiding right in plain sight. I mean, he's a gigantic man. Speaks um, four or five different languages. Yeah. Speaks four or five different languages. You know, he's, he's basically going out of his way to meet everybody at the party. Um, and we're going to meet the trick though, that he uses the, Hello, Colonel. Good to see you again. And he's, I'm pretty sure it's not, he either knows who the man is because he probably has been briefed on who's going to be there, or he's looking at like their epaulets and knows what, what that means. Cause he doesn't say Colonel so-and-so. He just says he Colonel. Right. He doesn't give a name. He just mm -hmm. recognizes the rank and all of a sudden he knows him. So now everybody in the room thinks he knows this guy. 
he yep, brings right. in so perfectly as he mingles from person to person. It was a, a very clever trick. I liked that. Yeah, My favorite it. part of that was when the chef confronted him as he came out <laughs> of the kitchen. And he immediately, he's this food is wrong. You got to get this stuff out of here. And just by sheer charisma, the, the, the chef is now freaking out, pulling food off the table. Yeah. So like, like I said, he's hiding in plain sight. I mean, he's going out of his way to make a spectacle of himself. We're going to meet um, Juno Skinner here, played by Tia Carrera. Um, the, scards, the guards are going to discover their diving gear and Harry and Juno are going to tango before Harry escapes with a giant explosion. And, you know, I thought that was really cool. The point you guys just made about him, you know, talking to the, the colonel and, you know, the, the writing in this movie is very strong, and I would expect nothing less from uh, James Cameron. He actually had a bunch of writers that wrote this with him, and he hated everything. He yep. only kept two or three of the jokes, and the rest of it he canned, and he wrote the rest of it himself. Mm -hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. so you got to give him a lot of credit for the writing. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at some of the other stuff James Cameron has written, and it's no surprise that this movie is as good as it is, not to give away the end, but yeah. Um, Pat, do you have anything else on that? I think one of my favorite things about that scene when he was doing the tango was listening to Gib in his ear, <laughs> giving him grief about doing the tango, that he shouldn't be wasting time. And the whole time, Harry's just not even paying attention to him. But it's hearing so Tom Arnold crying in his ear was probably the funnier part of the scene. Great it's chemistry a, between, between these two. Yeah, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. The banter between these two during the entire movie, and including upcoming scenes, is just, it's a very good buddy cop kind of feel between the two of them. Yeah, and at the end of the day, Cameron and um, Tom Arnold and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger all became and stayed very good friends to this day. So this was a bonding experience for the three of them that lasted to present day. Um, all right. So, I mean, I guess I guess one more time we all have to laugh. What do we think about uh, his moves doing the Cameron? I mean, doing the uh, tango was was Arnold on his on his uh, game. So they say that he spent like six months and he training for the movie and it wasn't training for stunts. It was learning to do the tango because he wanted to do it just as good as Al Pacino did in Scent of a Woman. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. I thought it looked fine. Yeah, so he really went out of his way to learn how to do it properly. And that is not what you would expect from an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. No. Yeah, yeah. A lot of this gave you uh, gave you some different flavors that you're not going to get from Arnold. Just another side of his many-faceted uh, personality, I guess. Yeah. All right, well, back in Washington, Albert is dropping off Harry at home. He's giving him... Uh, all of his IDs to go back to being Harry Tasker. He's got a gift for his daughter, Dana. And, you know, he's setting him up to go back into the house. He gives him his weight, his wedding ring back. And uh, in the morning, we see Harry is totally out of touch with his family. Um, here we meet his wife, Helen, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, and his daughter, Dana, played by Eliza Dushku. And um, we're going to get Albert coming by to pick Harry up for work. Um you know, I get the impression here that Harry is really, I mean, he's a bad husband and he's played this role before. 
he's played this role in um, Jingle All the Way. It's almost the exact same character. You know, oh, you can depend on me. You know, I'll be there. And, uh, you know, we're going to see Dana throw the snow globe in the trash. She doesn't care. She's, she's done taking his, you know, gas station presence when he comes back. And uh, we get a great scene of Albert setting up this spy camera that we're going to get later in the movie. What did you guys think about the character building here? Start with Adeline. Uh, honestly, I feel like you really can see the setup for how Helen feels about the marriage. You know, there's that whole kind of thing where he's, she says, oh, I'm going to sleep with the repair guy and he's going to give me a hundred bucks off. And he goes, that's great. Yeah. He's not even listening. <laughs> like not like completely checked out. The daughter's not interested at all. You know, she's, you know, jumping on motorcycles and heading off with her boyfriend, you know, after, and I don't know if you were going to talk about this, but she steals the money out of Gibbs wallet. Yeah. So. Yeah. To, uh, I mean, Pat, that's where ahead. she's at and she's like 14. So yeah. Pat, what'd you think about the uh, character building here? I thought Helen was portrayed as a very stereotypical suburban housewife. She's doing her chores. She's talking about the the house. Uh, Harry's indifference when she makes the comment of saving $100 by sleeping with the repairman, I thought was really funny. She gets that, she puts that line out without even breaking stride and Harry doesn't even pick up on it. So it, that made me laugh. Made me laugh uh, too. What I, what I like about what you just said about, you know, her being just, you know, coming across as kind of like your stereotypical housewife is, you know, her character arc throughout this movie is going to really evolve. Like by the end of this movie, she's a completely different character. And absolutely. I really, and I enjoyed it. And, it, and Jamie Lee Curtis, man, what a strong woman. And the character is a strong woman and watching her character grow really, I thought was fun. And it was again, just great writing on James Cameron's part and great acting on um, Jamie Lee Curtis's part, which you know, is why she won that Golden Globe Award. Yeah, she's 100% believable as a bored housewife, and she's 100% believable by the end of the movie as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, her, her evolution, I think that's why her character was so, I don't know, it was, it was filmed very, uh, not to use the same word, but stereotypical. She seemed just like your average housewife, and they really played on that. Mm -hmm. So that by the end of the movie, you can see the absolute amazing transformation from Helen in the beginning to Helen and her alter ego at the end. And it was just so perfectly put together with the way it was written, that it was so easy to understand and follow and believe that this could I, this is possible for her. Do you mean Natasha? No. Doris. Doris. <laughs> yes, we, we'll get to that. I didn't want to use the name to create oh, a spoiler, but oh I, I wrote the note many times. How she she wanted it to be Natasha so bad. I love uh, that. And Just, she was so she was so upset <laughs> when it was Doris. You could see in her face it was hysterical. Oh God! All right. So next scene, we're going to get into the headquarters after walking through a front company, which is the uh, computer sales company that um. Harry supposedly works for um, Harry and Albert go through a really cool tech filled entrance with a, uh, a heavily armed 
secretary. <laughs> I love how she grips the gun as oh, they're coming through the thing because it's like she's ready. She'll oh, cap yeah. both of them. Like she's not she's not scared. Hell I yeah. had to make a note about how happy she was at her job because she looked so enthusiastic. She couldn't have looked more unhappy sitting at that desk when they showed up. Oh no, it was great. And she's got that secretary look. So seeing her holding that that three fifty seven Magnum or whatever it was, that was great. I loved it, and I love the you know the eye recognition and the you know we're gonna get some of that Total Recall skeleton X ray stuff. I mean, it's all in there. The and, tech was uh, very very acceptable. It wasn't yeah. beyond belief kind of tech. Oh, we're going to see that $100 million price tag in its full glory throughout this movie. This is a freaking awesome looking movie. Um, all right. So we're going to, they're going to go into the uh, Omega, the Omega sector, the last line of defense. This is where we're going to get a briefing from Spencer Trilby, head of Omega sector, played by the great Charleston Heston or Charlton Heston. Um, <laughs> you made him like a Charleston too for a second. He is there. a Charleston too. <laughs> to get to get such a such a great name from the past to come and play this again, you know, it's uh, it's pretty cool because he he's a great actor. And you know the how cast. he's got the um the patch on his eye? Yeah, it's because they they hadn't put that in the script. He showed up and he had pink eyes, so that they threw it over <laughs> his eyes so you couldn't see it. <laughs> You're kidding me? That's what it says. Oh, now, I mean, great. it's on the internet, so it must be true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a patch over your eye can't be good for pink eye, but you think you'd want to air that sucker out. <laughs> um, all right. And here's where we're going to get our first hint that Juno is um, connected to a terrorist group. Um, and then we're going to get a quick cut scene where Helen's telling a coworker that basically Harry bores her to sleep at night um, telling her about his day. Um, and, you know, we're going to get some more uh, some more talking between um, the tech, the tech guy and Albert. And this, these are all just great interactions. I love the tech guy. What's his name again? Fazil. Azil. He's uh, or Fazil with an F, I think, maybe. Yeah. Fazil. I, they don't say his name a lot in the movie, but he's funny. I think he's really great in part. And uh, again, his interactions with Albert and Harry are are really good. I enjoy it. The banter between the three is uh, is very well written. There's a scene where Harry's co-workers, Gib and their tech boy, do their little tango in the office to remind Harry of yeah. their last mission. And yes. that was so – that's the kind of thing you see – with coworkers joking and busting each other's balls. And I yeah. thought that was very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was fun. It was a fun scene, but it was also something you might expect to see amongst characters like that. Yeah. And I think without those little scenes and all that, this movie isn't as good as it, as it actually is. You know what I'm it's saying? Little it's little comic relief scenes like that, that make the movie, as entertaining as it was. It's the bells and whistles. It really is. Um, all right. So next we're going to go to the art gallery. Um, Harry's in the back of a limo and, you know, Albert's, you know, briefing him on the, the part he's going to be playing where he goes in. He's going to be posing as head of an art consulting company and he's going to check out Juno basically. And uh, he goes into this art gallery and 
you know, Juno greets them and they're walking through looking at a bunch of different pieces of art. And in this scene, you're going to notice that big guy that he's going to have the fight with in the gas and the uh, bathroom. He's actually there working, you know, loading stuff up. And he's, you'll notice a lot of the uh, Crimson Jihad um, heavies are all in there working. So I thought that was interesting. Something that I've noticed that Hollywood likes to do is the moment the camera goes to um, the leader with the half bald and crazy clown hair. I can't yeah. remember his name. Salim. When those, when the camera goes and shows those three characters watching Harry walk by with Juno, yeah. If you watch movies like we do, you have to know there's a problem with those three. Oh, They're yeah. not actual art dealership workers. Right. Well, they wouldn't give two farts and a high wind about Harry walking by with Juno. Juno just gave them crap for sitting around. But let me ask you this. If you've watched this movie a million times, I'm assuming. Um, you never noticed them before, though. Before watching this for a review. Because I've watched it a million times. And I was never like, oh, there's the uh, Crimson <laughs> Jihad. Well, actually, well, so funny. I actually, when he comes in. I'm, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but when he comes in in the next scene, the bad guy, and um, I said, how did he get there? And then I was like, he was one of the guys with the crate. Like, it it took me a second. Like, I was like, why is he there? Why? Like, what happened? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it took me a minute to kind of put two and two together. But, yeah, if I was just watching this and not paying attention, I wouldn't that like, no, would never have yeah. caught my attention. It's funny that you just said that because, you know, I've watched this a million times and I never questioned why he was in her office. I just assumed he was there, you know, doing business. Like, but I never noticed him as like one of the warehouse workers, you yeah, know? He's in the cocky uniform too. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally. Well, one um, of the, right. that's, that's what I was just going to say. It's one of the things watching as many movies as I have and crime dramas as I have. One of the things you pick up on is whenever Hollywood focuses on a specific character, when the camera goes directly to a specific character, you pretty much got to know that character has something important to do with the story. Yeah. Just the way, because if the camera had never gone to show those three watching Harry walk by with Juno, you never would have even connected them until the next time you saw that face. That's yeah. right. You know, it's funny, though. That's what I love so much about doing this podcast and also listening to other movie podcasts is since I've been doing this, it's really forced me to watch movies differently. And I think I see them more now the way the director intended them to be viewed because um, I'm paying attention to details like that, you know, and I feel like I've watched this movie a million times and, you know, some of these small details just slipped right by me every time. And I think the movie is better when you realize the way it was intended to be seen. Do you guys agree? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, we're definitely in a place um, in our society where a lot of times movies become this thing where you just put it on, you don't really pay attention because we're looking at our phones, we're looking at our laptops, we're not paying attention anymore. Totally. So when you really take the time to pay attention, you do get more of what was intended by the people making the film. Yep, agreed. 100%. All right. So the next scene, we already talked about it a little bit. We're going to be in Juno's office, and here we're going to meet Salim Abu Aziz. 
played by Art Malik, um, who I believe is from like uh, England or something, He's you know, from London, yeah, from London. And uh, he was broke. He he was looking for work, and they were like, "Hey, you want to do this?" He's like, "Yeah, sure, I can use a paycheck." So we did it. And um, plays a great bad guy. He does, and he, I made a note about that. He is again. Like we've seen in a lot of other movies we've done podcasts on, he's one of the one of the reasons why I think movies like this do so well is because you love the villain. The villain yeah. is one of those characters you love to hate. Never mind the fact that he's got crazy clown hair and psycho eyes. Oh, so bad. <laughs> um, so this scene, um, this scene. He's going to get pissed at Juno because, you know, he can see that Harry is probably, you know, not what he's portraying. Trouble. And he, yeah, he says, you know, we're under surveillance. You don't even know what you're so stupid. You're flirting with him. And we get some racy lines here, like a whore, and he slaps her, and then he slaps her again. Oh, he backhands her twice, and it's like, wow, you really love to hate this guy. Yeah, but she takes those shots, though. I'll give her, I'll give her credit. The money must have been good. She takes those shots and, you know, she looks at him like, you know, I think she was a bit of a badass here. Uh, Dylan, what'd you think about it? I Being mean, a woman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I never like to see a woman getting smacked in the face like that. It's kind of a bummer, but you know, she's also put herself in bed with very bad people. So, yeah, that's you right. know, I mean, I'm not saying she deserves it or anything like that, no. but you know, you're, you're definitely <laughs> God, putting yourself, no. Yeah, you're definitely putting yourself into a position where these things might be happening to you right. when you're uh, when you put yourself into a position to be doing business with such people. You know, yeah, I think well, I I think I would have been more inclined to say, hey, you know, if you touch me like that again, we're done here. You know, you need me just as much as I need you or something. But, yeah. you know, uh, she just kind of lets it ride. So well, I think James Cameron's letting us know real quick. That Salim Abu Aziz is, you know, not a good guy. Not a good guy. Yeah. Uh, all right. So in the next scene, uh, Helen calls Harry to make sure Harry will be home for his birthday dinner. He says, "You can count on me," and that is right out of Jingle <laughs> Jingle all the way. I mean, again, this is the same character. They're calling back on like some some exact lines out of that movie. Um, you know, we're gonna get the and by the look of Dana, we're gonna get the the idea that you know he's let them down so many times she knows he's not coming home for dinner um all right so next scene harry and albert are followed by salim and his gang harry lures them to a mall bathroom <laughs> not <laughs> sure this is where i i mean he's got the upper hand he's leading them around is a mall where you want to bring them to the bathroom what do you guys think pat I think the mall bathroom, I think, might have been just because he needed someplace close and accessible. You can't really fight this guy in the middle of the street. You got to right. take it somewhere to where you've got some kind of privacy, which is one of the reasons why I think when they get into the bathroom, they're not alone. There's an old guy on the toilet. <laughs> and what happens in that bathroom with that poor bastard on the toilet is so priceless. Just this, this poor guy is just trying to do his business and there's a fight taking place and gunfire. And it's just, it's hysterical that he's even in that stall. 
to I be. I love yeah. it when he, when Harry runs by on the way. Sorry about that. <laughs> I love it, and you know he's going to use that uh, that surveillance camera with the cigarettes in this scene, which I thought was clever, and it gives him the upper that hand. Was, that was very well done. Mm-hmm. And the the big guy fights. That guy is considered the Arnold Schwarzenegger of his native country. I I it. Uh, slips my mind where he's from, but he's considered the Arnold Schwarzenegger, like the action star. He was a beast. Beast. And he was it, a beast. Yeah, and it's a great fight. And, you know, there are lots of bullets shot. And at the end of the day, there is no way that old man is in Swiss cheese. Oh, I agree. Of course not. But it's it's a lot of fun for sure. It's, uh, it's also, this has... I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, it's it's one of those Hollywood extreme movies to where it's funny how things take place and the consequences are not what you would expect. Yeah. 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 No doubt. That old, that old man surviving that encounter. And when he stands up and you see him shuffle his steps to the, just to the edge of where the door is open and his pants is still around his ankle. (laughs) I couldn't stop laughing. That was so funny. I loved it. Did you have any final thoughts on this scene? Yeah, so there's a, I didn't realize that this was a thing, but I guess in a lot of James Cameron films, uh, you find a dangling fluorescent light. Like there's like, you know, like there'll be an action scene and then like there'll be the dangling fluorescent light and it's in the bathroom in this scene. And it was like, I was watching for it and there it was. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) So I guess like in Terminator and all those other movies, like you'll see the dangling fluorescent light. It's like a James Cameron thing. Interesting. Uh, so in the next scene, we're going to get the chase um, between Harry and Selim. Harry's going to chase Selim through the streets, first on foot and then on horseback versus street bike. But Selim gets away by jumping from building to building. Uh, again, you know, just a massive suspense of disbelief. Oh, yeah. But but oh, I absolutely. love it. It's a great scene. I'm lo- it's a lot of fun. And it's funny. In this scene, Schwarzenegger almost, I mean, they, I mean, Almost died, or at least was like seriously injured. Yes. Um, when they shot the scene, the horse stopped short, and they had about a thirty or forty foot drop in front of it, and he slid off the front and almost fell over. But the stuntman saw this happening and actually grabbed Schwarzenegger at the last minute and saved him from falling that thirty to forty feet. Yeah, that's that, crazy. That that entire scene from the moment he takes the horse from the cop and chases Salim on the motorcycle, it's one thing to see it happening in the park, and it becomes a Hollywood extreme when they go through the lobby of the hotel. In the elevator? Around the corner, and into the elevator. First the motorcycle, then the horse. I love the old guy. That's a beautiful animal. Oh, that would... You had to write something that would make you laugh, because... It's just, it's one of those things where, like you had said earlier, it pushes you to the point where you're like, really? Is this yeah. actually happening? Yeah. But it works for the movie entirely because it is a what I would call a Hollywood extreme movie. Yeah. This this borders being a, um, like Hot Shots, like I said, like a parody right. movie. And, right. but it's, but it, it works. I mean, if it didn't have a hundred million dollar price tag, it probably wouldn't have worked. But they're saying, "Hey, suspend your disbelief, and I'm going to give you a scene that's going to freaking blow your mind." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> delicious, exactly." You know, the element, 
and and I want to take this opportunity to ask at the on the roof when Salim is on the bike and he jumps off the building, you Des yes. having a motorcycle background, is that even remotely possible? No. that looks like no. an awful big distance. No, even though he was jumping to a building that was lower. Yeah, no, he would have hit that safety glass and been and shot right over the handlebars. The bike probably would have made it about six feet off the building, and he probably would have made it about 12 feet off the building and fallen to his death. Again, but but it's funny to watch the bike do it, and funnier to see, because I had to make a point of this, and it was even funnier to watch Arnold almost actually believe he could make that same leap on the horse, but the horse was having nothing to do with it. Yes, and it's funny and it's and in real life, a horse will not do something that will put itself in danger. If it's running to a cliff, it's not just going to jump off the damn cliff. It's going to stop short. So right. when Arnold goes flying off the horse and on the dangling from the edge of the building on the reins was just at least it added a sense of reality to the fact that there's no way that bike was making that leap. But yeah. the horse was smart enough to not even think about it. And then Schwarzenegger looks at the horse and says, what kind of a cop are you? Great oh, line. That is, that is the perfect ending to that scene. But, and the horse looks away. Look at me when I'm talking to you. But what's I funny is, tears. like in um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, I want to say, that's one with short round? Yes. Okay. So they're in the plane and Indy pulls the <laughs> raft and he, he inflates the raft and they all get in this raft and jump out of an airplane and land on a mountain. That I, I'm no, no, I don't that want thing that. Would have spun in the air and jumped them out a hundred times. It, even if they landed perfectly, they would have all been broken into a million pieces. It's and not it's, like they're landing on an airbag. Yeah. It's it, it. No. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to excuse it and I don't want it. And it was part of that movie that I hated. But in this movie, they're going to do that a thousand times. And every time I'm like, oh, yeah, cakes and pies. Give me more. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it was just the way it was put together. It was it was entertaining enough to let you overlook how unbelievable some of the scenes were. Like going back to the bathroom scene when Salim came in, guns blazing. It's another It's another movie where Hollywood has the endless clip where he just shreds those doors. You listen to the weapon fire as he's shooting at all the stall doors looking for Harry, and yet there had to have been three or four times more holes than actual bullets could have fired out of that thing. Oh, yeah. This, but the scene looked great. This movie is is really a one-of-a-kind. I try and think of another movie like this, and I can't even think of one. I mean, this movie is its own thing. It's its own genre. And it breaks all the rules of what I consider a good movie to deliver. And for some reason, it's because they just, it's its own thing. And I think, you know, James Cameron, Cameron pulled it off. Yeah, Cameron, you nailed it right there. Cameron pulled it off and the actors pulled it off. Um, so the next scene, Harry returns home late after missing his birthday. Um, and, you know, Helen's sitting there and she's used to it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's sad. He's, he's a piece of shit, right? 
He's not a good husband. <laughs> not a good husband. All right. So back at I headquarters. I like that she gives him a little squeeze on the hand and it's his hands hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, he's got no one to blame but himself as things start to unfold here. So back at headquarters, Harry recognizes Salim on a computer terrorist list. By um, the crazy eye, P.S. Yeah. Yeah. It's the um, I, crazy eyes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, he, I hate to interrupt this. I have to stop because I'm looking at my notes and I want to go back to Harry running the horse through the hotel. Yeah. And one of my favorite parts of this movie is when the band is playing, the saxophone player watches as he's playing the motorcycle go by. And then when he turns and he sees the horse and the sound he makes from his shock and surprise on that saxophone has to make you laugh. Yeah, it does. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even, I, yeah, I didn't even uh, write that down, but you're totally right. <laughs> oh God. So he, uh, he recognizes Salim as the guy he chased the night before. And this is the first we hear of the Crimson Jihad. And, Salim's alias, the Sand Spider, and he says, "Why is his name the Sand Spider?" And he says, "Probably because it sounds scary." Because it sounds scary. Oh my god, that was so well written. And for a guy that doesn't write comedy, man, James Cameron just killed it in this one. And that kid pulled that line off perfectly. It's no so dead, Absolute sincerity. It was priceless. And there's going to be some lines we're going to get in this movie specifically by Tom Arnold, that, you know, the writing's okay, but his comic timing is what makes these lines like, Mwah, so good. Um, do you have anything else to add on that scene, Glenn? No, no, I'm good there. Okay, so the next scene we're going to get is Helen's office. Harry uh, is going in to ask her if she wants to go out for lunch because he knows he dropped the ball missing his birthday dinner. And he's going to catch Helen talking to her mystery man, Simon. And uh, for, for me, this is where the movie really starts to uh, pick up steam a little bit. You know, we're going to get some great characters. And this is where the movie starts to pick up for me. Yeah. And he's setting up a lunch date. And Harry is devastated. You know, he Absolutely leaves. Absolutely devastated. Yep. He leaves. And he's going to try to um, confide in Albert. But Albert's just going to start, you know, ribbing him about it. You uh, know, he's welcome to the club, pal. Give was horrible. This is not the way you talk to a friend who just found out his wife was cheating on him. He's acting like it's no big deal. And Harry looks like he just lost the puppy in the street. Yeah. So but we have gonna... to talk about the ice cube tray comment. You know, oh. when, uh, when he says, what sick bitch takes the ice cube trays because his ex-wife had done that? Roseanne did that to him. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay, I did not know that, but now that I do, that line's even funnier. Yeah, because Cameron heard him say it, and he wrote it in because he thought it was hysterical. And oh, uh, that's brilliant. And Albert's going to deliver a line here that's a little more on the serious side. That's going to really make us start to feel for Helen, and I think it's also going to start making Harry see that you know he's pushed her into the arms of another man. He says, you know, she's flesh and blood, pal. You know, you weren't there. You yeah. know, and yeah. you know, he, it was he's serious about this. And what he says makes a lot of sense. And it's something that Harry never even considered. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's, you know, just shows 
he was treating his family like he was treating his fake job, like a front. They like, were a cover, and that's like, how he was reacting to them. But they yeah. Really- yeah, go ahead, Delyn. Uh, but they're real, pe- they're real, real people. So yeah. you can't treat them like that. Yeah. Well, he- they had not knowing who Harry really was, made it very difficult for him to interact with his family openly, like the family should. And you'll see later on in the movie uh, that whole transformation. Yeah, and as we go through this, there's going to be questions about how well i don't want to get into it now but yeah we're gonna i have some questions about harry and his um what he's all about so the next scene we're back at harry's house he's having dinner and harry's questioning helen about her lunch and you know she's lying and we're gonna get that classic arnold death look (laughs) (laughs) and he pulls it off so great and that's why i love him in this part and i'm glad they went with him because you know Arnold Schwarzenegger's acting is perfect for the camp of this movie. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So she's lying. She's all excited about what happened. And, you know, she's, I think she's feeling a little excited just by everything, you know, her life has finally got a little spark in it. And you got to make a note here that as she's recalling what happened during her day, she spins this story so smoothly and so easily She's a natural spy. Yeah. She sold that story with ease. And of course, because they think what she's talking about is boring, the daughter, of course, isn't paying attention. But all Harry sees is red because he knows that she's cheating on him. Oh, yeah. And the daughter the daughter is completely checked out um, in the family and in the movie. I mean, she was barely needed in this movie. I mean, yeah, she she's going to give I us the final I did not like scenes. her character at all. I Nor didn't did like I. her from the very beginning. Neither Who did I. wears a hat indoors? Yeah. Come I, on. The, the, <laughs> the grunge look, the, the shirt tied around the waist, the combat boots. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, where did this girl come from? Yeah, I didn't I like didn't, the character. I didn't care for the character either, to be honest with you. And I didn't think she acted it particularly well. But I mean, she was fine. It it was kind of like last week with the crow. You know, we had the same idea with a a kid in the movie, and you know, she was fine. She was fine, but it didn't. It wasn't a great performance. Um, and it, it and also the fact. It, I mean, you can't be a great performance. The character was just very sparse. There yeah. wasn't a whole lot to it. Yeah. She was very unlikable. She was very distracted from the family. And I think just like with Helen in the beginning of the movie, being the very uh, straight-laced stay-at-home mom, the daughter's character was – both characters, the entire family flipped come the end of the movie. And I think that's why they wrote the character the way it did. She was so polar opposite from beginning to end of movie I think it was necessary that she was the way she was in the beginning of the movie. What was funny is, you know, they were trying, and this is where James Cameron, he didn't drop the ball. The actress kind of did. And maybe the writing did a little bit too, was they wanted to show that, that arc for the daughter as well, but it just wasn't there. It just wasn't there. I was fine with the ending. And usually I wouldn't like an ending like this, you know, jumping ahead. I'd be like, Oh, give me a break. You know, everything's going to be so neat, but no, I was fine with it here. Um, so the next scene, um, at headquarters, Harry tells Albert, you know, he wants to wiretap Helen and, uh, 
he does and finds out about a lunch date between her and Simon. Uh, later at home, Harry and uh, Albert are going to plant the tracking device in Helen's purse. And I love the scene where he's walking the little dog in the rain. Oh, I know. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah, he was he was a little more than impatient with that little dog. But then again, that little dog was friggin' hideous. <laughs> oh, it was funny. He's yanking on that thing. <laughs> I mean, that, oh. that dog might have been Jim from Mike and Molly series because yeah. that was just yes. not a good looking dog. Same idea. <laughs> yeah, that was an ugly little dog, but I love him. Uh, so next scene, this is a great scene because this is where we're going to meet the savage of this movie. Simon, one of my favorite characters of all times, got to be like top three favorite characters of all times. Bill Paxton plays this to perfection. I love this character. Um, so we're at a lunch date. Simon and Helen meet. Simon played by Bill Paxton. Uh, they're in a restaurant in Chinatown. While Harry and Albert listen to the conversation outside, Simon appears to be a spy, but he's taking credit for Harry's work. Um, and you know, Albert gives this great line, you know, I'm starting to like this guy, but, but we still have to kill him. <laughs> when you chased one. Something came over me. I just had to nail this guy, no matter what the risk. Pretty hairy. I thought he had me a couple of times, but I, I really can't take credit. Well, why not? It's the training. It shapes you into a lethal instrument. You react in a microsecond without thinking. <laughs> I'm starting to like this guy. <laughs> oh, we still got to kill him. I mean, that's a given, you know. Uh, yeah, so what do you guys think about this scene in the restaurant? Glenn. Sorry, I was blowing my nose. <laughs> I'm back. Um, so this is a great scene because you can tell how much Helen is excited by this and she was into it and she wants to do this. But I think at the same time, she's... What's the one? She's conflicted because, you know... Is, is she doing this because she's she's not looking to step out on Harry? Like, the, no. we all think that she's been having, quote unquote, an affair. She's never been looking for an affair. No. She's Agreed. looking for the excitement. So there's this definitely, this, there's a conflict here because Simon is just looking for an affair. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that Helen really knows what she's looking for. I just think that she just wants to break she's the routine. Yeah. She's bored. She's yeah. bored and she's looking for excitement. So, but I don't and, get and, you know, the. Uh, I'm sorry, I was just gonna say I don't get the impression either that she's looking to cheat. Yeah, no, I don't think she's ever looking to cheat. I think she's just looking for some excitement, and this guy offers it to her. Um, he's looking for the hookup. She's not, and of course, you know, given Harry in the truck with the the one liners and the laughing, it's it's amazing. It's great. Yeah, it is, and you know the the banter between Harry and. Albert again. I could just watch it all day. It's freaking perfect. It's just so good. I yeah. think I think the funniest part I enjoyed about the scene in the restaurant was how overplayed Simon did his character. I mean, Bill Paxton did a great job as Simon, but Simon was like really shoveling the shit heavy oh. when he was talking about how he may have to leave and were you followed and and do, and Helen was just so excited by what was going on 
that she's not really picking up on the fact that this guy is so full of shit it stinks. Oh, yeah, you, the plates clatter and he jumps and reaches for oh, his gun. He did it. He played it so comical that you loved the character, but he he played it so over the top. And what's funny is, is Helen doesn't pick up on that. But Yet um, given Harry are listening to all of this and they're picking up on how full of shit he is Im- immediately. But this is the thing about the character, okay? So, yes, he's playing it over the top as the spy. But in the next scene, which we're going to go to right now, we find this is Simon. Because we're now going to see him, well, let's take you into the scene. So we're in the used car lot now. We get Simon driving back to work, listening to the BJs in an old Corvette. And Harry and Albert tail him there. Uh, and Harry is going to pretend to be a potential buyer for the Corvette. And they're going to go for a drive. And again, this is uh, again, probably my second favorite scene, if not my the better than the last one, because for me, it's all about Simon. And he is so animated and so full of shit and so over the top. This is who this guy is. You know, the vet gets him wet. You know, what about their husbands? Dickless. If they took care of business, I'd be out of business. You know, she could suck a golf ball like, like a leaf blower. I mean, this guy is... This guy's out of his mind, and I love Over him. Over the top. Yeah. So, go ahead, Dylan. What did you think of this scene? Oh, he's just absolutely amazingly terrible, which is what makes him so wonderful. You know, it's like, just, just every little stupid little nuance you can throw in to a dirt bag, you know? <laughs> so good. And he's, you know, he's basically climbing all over Harry. He's got his head on his shoulder. He's, you know, he's, it's just great. And Harry is getting so fired up, you know, and yeah, uh, he is, they have a hot dog together and, you know, he lets him in on his little, his little scam that he's running, you know, inadvertently telling him, you know, what he's got planned for his wife. And, on the way back, you know, Harry has this fantasy about punching him in the face, and it's a pretty brutal scene. Yeah, it is. <laughs> everything, everything that leads up to that scene when he's when Harry uh, drives them back, just listening to Simon describe his wife to Harry, yeah, was you could see. I mean, if Harry looked like a thermometer, it'd be like those cartoon thermometers that gets higher and higher and higher and higher until it explodes. Yep. The look on his face, if looks could kill, that was the look. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Simon just went on and on, and it led up to the fantasy of, Hall- of Harry punching Simon while driving. And if the first time you see this, you're like, holy shit, he punched him. And yeah. then you realize it's just what he was doing in his head. Yeah, the first time I saw this movie, you know, it's a great mislead because I, I was sure that he had knocked him out. I'm like, oh, that's the end of Simon. <laughs> but, you know, we find out it's a mislead and Simon's fine. And we get some great driving, you know, stuntman rips that thing oh, into that the parking awesome. lot. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Right back into that spot like a glove. Yeah, you were made for each other. You know, I've got other buyers, sure, but I like your style. <laughs> Freaking oh, he was, he was just the salesman's salesman. Yeah. So next scene, we're going to get Harry asking Albert for today's transcripts. You know, they're driving around and Albert's left a page out. And, you know, Harry insists that he have the page by punching the window out. And I love Albert. so funny. He's like, okay. 
<laughs> he pulls it out of his jacket and gives it to him. Give me the goddamn page. Yeah. And uh, he's going to read that, you know, that there's a rendezvous planned, you know, now basically with Simon. And he's going to set up a team to follow them. And, you know, Albert's telling him, you know, you can't do this, man. This is a misappropriation of, you know, of guys. And he's like, you're telling me, I'm telling you, you know. What I'm going to stop me? you for a second real quick. Go ahead. So, you know how he punches the window out? Yeah. He was supposed to punch out the passenger side window, not the passenger side back window. That's a real window. Oh, really? He punched it out. Wow. Yeah, and surprised. that's why uh, Tom Arnold looks so surprised because he's like, what? What? He just yeah. punched the real window. Okay, okay well, that fits. A little that method fits. acting, a little method acting there, right? <laughs> and uh, I was like, wow, that's a little frightening. <laughs> that's funny. Good, good uh, fact there. So we find out here that, um, you know, Albert's done the same thing. You know, he's like, I know about the blowjob you got, blah, blah, blah. And he said, oh, you know about that. Okay, well, he's like, well, let's just do this then. And uh, <laughs> they set it up and, you know, we, we're going to get a scene of uh, Simon and Helen, you know, getting out of town in that in that Corvette. And, you know, great, great line delivery again by Albert here. You know, the, the helicopter says, you know, her head's in his lap, you know, Yahoo. And, and you know, go ahead, Dylan, give us the line by Albert. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> maybe she was sleepy. Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you see, I had told him to not steal my factoid that the one saying Yahoo is James Cameron. So I was waiting for you to steal it. I was ready no. to jump in so you wouldn't steal my so line and I you threw me off. <laughs> I teed you up with maybe she was sleepy and you oh, dropped right. the balls. Can we yeah. can we back it up so I can do it right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're gonna let this one sit. I like uh, it. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he was, she was sleepy. <laughs> Oh, God. And, All right. And had the look on Harry's face. Not only does he get pissed at Gibb when Gibb talks about his wife's head in Simon's lap, but listening to the guys in the helicopter tone, his face just kept getting redder and redder. He just kept getting angrier and angrier. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Her, her face in his lap. Yahoo. Maybe she's sleepy. Uh, all right so the next scene we're in uh simon's trailer because you know his penthouse is a little hot right now but uh so he takes her to this you know garbage trailer and you know he's serving her freaking apple juice and plastic cups whatever it is and yeah, this is really her, where he lives obviously yeah oh absolutely and uh you know he's telling her about this mission they're gonna go to france and stop over in paris or whatever and he's got some some tickets planted there so she can see him and uh, he's trying to get her to sleep with him. And, you know, this is where we find out that Helen's not having it. She's she's up for the adventure. She's up for going and pretending to be his wife. But she's not going to bang him in this freaking scuzzy trailer. Yeah, it's it's clear. he's Simon's trying to get her to be his wife while they go on this mission. Um, and it's actually quite a good con as he tries to make her realize she has to actually be the wife and. Moves like that could get me killed. Yeah. Um, was was so brilliantly put together. But you can see that Helen doesn't want to cheat on Harry. She's just bored. And Simon is going way too far. Yeah. 
yeah, and she's going to pull the plug on it. She basically is like, I'm not doing this. I'm not cheating on my husband. And, you know, this is where Harry's going to have the team, you know, basically cut the trailer in half, rip the back off. They're in full, you know, SWAT gear with the black hoods. I love the eyes as they swell up on Harry as he sees, you know, his wife with Simon on top of her. And he her legs Simon spread in, in the air and yes. Simon is between her legs. It looked like Harry's eyes were going to pop out of his head. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, I feel like a better move for Harry would have just been to go home and talk to his wife, you know. But in any way, he, he decides that this is a better idea than just, you know, talking to his wife about their problems. And he sets this up. They drag them all out. And, you know, Simon's screaming, take her, take her. Oh, He's such a Perfect. Such a coward. And I made, goes, I made a note on the same line that Simon Jonah, take her, take her, let me live. Yeah, he's a he's a piece of shit. And um and Albert's gonna um hit Helen on the head with a M16 after she knees him in the balls. And you know, Harry punches him, you know, knocks him down. And he's, you know, like, don't do that. But Helen's, you know, this is his wife. He's treated her like shit. He's driven her away. He's never there. Now, instead of just going home and being like, look, I'm a piece of shit. I know I drove you to do this. Let's talk about it. No, no. He's going to set this up. <laughs> He's going to have this team extract her, you know, assault her, throw a hood over her head, tie her hands behind her back, throw her in a van. I mean, this is demented behavior. This guy is torturing his wife and has been for years. Again, I can't say it again. Harry is a bad guy when it comes to this relationship. I mean, he's way over the top. Yeah. You guys agree? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, I don't under He clearly has no understanding of how to communicate with another person. Just yeah. genuinely. You know, like you said, can we just sit down and talk about this? No, you're going to drag her into this thing. And uh, yeah, the whole thing is just ridiculous. Yeah, you know, it could be the whole thing could have been avoided, but then again, we wouldn't have a movie at that point. So. Exactly. All right. <laughs> so in this the scene wouldn't be the scene if they didn't infiltrate like they were busting into a gang war. Uh, it wouldn't have been the scene if they hadn't had the the ski masks on, so they were all hidden. Yeah, They're and I, I and kidnapping Helen and Simon. It's just and even. That scene and the interrogation room that comes up next was way too extreme. It's yeah. your wife who's sleeping with a schmuck. Yeah. At least that's what he thinks. He doesn't even know that they've been sleeping together. This could very easily have just been discussed over dinner. And, you know, he now knows that she is, um, you know, looking for excitement and stuff. This has been, her, this has been his wife for we have to assume by the age of the child, at least like 17 years. I think they say at some point 15 years or so. Okay, so this is your wife for 15 years. You see that she's bored. Yeah, I mean, he has to assume she probably hasn't slept with Simon yet because he kind of led on to that, you know, in the car ride at the, at the shop. He could have gone home and been like, listen, <laughs> need to know basis. It's time you know. I'm a spy, you know. He's going to give her a little excitement. Oh, I'm married to a spy. He could start coming home and telling her about the missions, um, you know, apologize. He could blow Simon out of the water. 
you know, he could have been like, this guy's a used car simulator. He's a scumbag. He's lying to you. But no, no, no. He's going to chance that she's going to fuck this guy in a trailer. <laughs> set up this, you know, cert- I mean, it's it's not going to happen. It's just stupid. But again, with this movie, I'm only down on this because I'm reviewing it. And I have to be. But in the spirit and the fun of the movie and watching it, no, 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 no. <laughs> I love it. Give me more. You know? <laughs> I mean, the misappropriation of funds that is happening here. <laughs> For his so wife outrageous. having an affair. Oh, my God. Like, you know, like Tom Arnold said, you're pulling guys off of an active, you know, an active site. You're using a helicopter. You're doing this. You're doing that. Now you've got her at home base and you've got her like in an interrogation room. Like, holy yeah. crap. But none of, of course- these. But none of this has ever met, entered my mind while I'm watching this movie. While I'm watching this movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, <laughs> perfectly reasonable reaction. <laughs> Definitely. All right. You so actually next... applaud the entrance of Harry and the assault team when they come bursting oh, yeah, into the building. You're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, and you still, and you know, and again, it's a little character building on the part of Helen because you know she's not taking shit. She takes Albert down and gets away. Yeah. So oh, that's hysterical. Yeah, she's not just Sally housewife. She's got. She's got something, you know, extra to give uh, this character. And a great, a great ending to that scene is the from a helicopter view. You see Gib bent over, his hands between his legs, walking from beside a (laughs) one of the truck, and all you hear is "Son of a a bitch." That's right. That that makes you laugh because he's the one that took the direct shot to the nads. Yep, that's right. All right, so next scene, we're in the interrogation room. And I love this scene, man. The banter between Albert and Harry and between Albert and uh, Helen is priceless stuff. This is just comic gold. Um, so they're in the interrogation room. Harry and Albert are interrogating Helen and uh, give her a fake mission um, to try and, you know, try and give her a little excitement in her life. But again, here's what we're going to get. Helen, you know, she's going to pick up the stool. She almost makes it through that window. Yeah, she does a good job of it. Yeah, but there's some great lines here. So, uh, Pat, I want to uh, pass this off to you because I know you love this shit, you know? Like, you know, he's not exactly ringing your bell these days, is he? <laughs> His, it, it started to get very comical because he starts asking questions that Helen starts to realize has absolutely nothing to do with Simon. It's it's now personal and making comments like you said, he's not exactly ringing your bell. And she's like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And then she starts coming through the window with a chair. He finally looks at him and he goes, oh, maybe she's telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And let me ask you both. Do you guys feel like Helen deserves better than Harry? Um, uh, I mean, a- initially, yes. I think that once he gets his head out of his ass, they're they're a good match. He is psychologically torturing his wife. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, that's just Friday night. <laughs> I mean, Dez, I gotta say, you're taking this hatred towards Harry to an extreme. He has Granted, tor- 
granted, torture is a pretty strong word. So after oh. hitting her in the head with the machine gun, throwing the hood over her head, throwing her in the van, and now driving her to an undisclosed location in a concrete room behind a two-way mirror being questioned by a man with a voice like this, and you'll be put into a prison for the rest of your life and your family will be killed. No, he's not torturing her, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, I love it. I never question it when I'm watching the movie, but for this podcast review, I have to ask these questions. because It I is make... a bit much. It's, it's a bit fucked much. up. It's <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, the, there's no question. The, the interrogation was very extreme um, because what it comes down to is, especially when Harry, they start asking personal questions. It's no more. It's, I mean, everything that's happening from the uh, surveillance to the interrogation is all because Harry needs to know what's going on with his wife and another man. But right. Let me take that a little bit further. It's like it's also because hell? it's also because Harry doesn't know how to communicate with his wife. Like right. he just doesn't know how to communicate with her. He doesn't know how to ask her questions correctly. He doesn't know how to receive the information without it being through, you know, a garbled voice and, you know, under the lights, because this is all he knows. He's a spy. This is his life. So this is how he does it, because this is all he understands. Yeah, he could have just gone home and been like, do you still love me? I mean, can we make this thing work? You um, know, so he doesn't understand how to have an actual conversation with her. And I think that that also changes. He also grows through the movie. And it's like, yeah, I'm getting a little deep for true lies. I know like that's not what this movie's about, but when we're asking these questions, I feel like he is a little bit emotionally immature definitely. and you know, he has to learn a little bit more about how to not be emotionally Im immature and grow a little so that he is actually the equal of his wife. Right. And so right now you got to remember Helen's only experience with being a spy is what just happened. She went to Simon's, this team breaks in, cuts the trailer in half, you know, abducts him and her, and now she's in this room. At this point, I'm thinking she probably does not want to start a career as a spy. And Harry is telling her either you're going to be a spy or you're going to prison for the rest of your life. I mean, I, at this point, I don't feel like she would think being a spy would be exciting and fun anymore. I think she's probably terrified and just wants to go home and just start baking cakes again. But of oh, yeah, course, she accepts the fact that they that she now has to work for them. Yeah. There's no alternative. And you have in as I'm watching this, all I can think of is, OK, here comes the excitement that she's been looking for. And now it's a little more than she was ready for. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot to uh, talk about there, but I think it all needed to be discussed. And now I would like to just say, I loved it all. Num, 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 num. Give me more. <laughs> <laughs> so the next scene, we're going to get Simon at the edge of the dam. He's in his silk underwear because, you know, he was going to score. And, uh, you know, these guys, uh, Harry and Albert are, Basically, they're still hooded, and they've got him up the edge, and they're telling him, you know, we know what you've done. You know, we know you're a spy. He's like, I'm not a spy. I'm just a loser. I got a little dick. That's pathetic. And But but the name they gave him. Carlos the Carlos Jackal. Carlos the Jackal. <laughs> love it. That was so awesome. I love it. And, you know, he says, I haven't seen your face. And Harry takes the mask off. He's like, no, no. 
<laughs> oh, it's you. You still want that that Corvette? And I know. It's, it's a great scene. And, you know, they basically let him go. They say, you know, we're going to cut you loose. And uh, I love when uh, Albert turns around and fires a bunch of shots into the round. Get, get lost, you know. It's a good scene. Also, I w- I also, just a quick pop back just a little bit. Right before the scene with Bill Paxton, when they drop uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Helen, back off at her car, they push her out of the van. She's got one shoe on, one shoe off. She's still got the bag on her head. They take off. She pulls the bag off her head and gives them pricks as they drive yeah. off. It's like, that's a little racy. Okay. So I like it. You, you see Helen, you know, feeling it a little. And it just, it's a little moment of her starting to come into herself. Oh, yeah. She's a completely different character already than she was in the first scene of the movie, you know, when she's mousy getting the call from Simon. Well, yeah. You would think that that woman would probably cr- crawl into her car and cry. Yes. Instead, she rips the bag off her head and screams pricks after these government agents that had just taken her away. And, you know, this, and this, this character growth is why you don't ask the questions that I've been asking, you know, because you feel like her character can handle it. So you're not feeling bad and feeling like she's abused. You're feeling like she's getting what she wants, you know, she's, she's getting the excitement she's craving, but the way she reacts to it is not what you would really expect. Yeah. Because it's, it, it is gradual, and she handles it as it comes to her. Instead of coming all at once and just blindsiding her, it works up slowly. Things are changing. Yeah. Harry is Harry is not the person she wants him to be. She's looking for excitement. That excitement goes over the top with the the kidnapping and the interrogation, all to find out if she's having an affair and if she's sleeping with Simon. Yes. And again, it's just, it's brilliant script delivered by James Cameron and a a brilliant performance by Jamie Lee Curtis because, you know, again, as I'm watching this movie, it's just fun and I'm just loving it and having a great time with it. And, you know, again, only bringing up these these subjects because, you know, it's fun to talk about this stuff, but it didn't, the movie was never a problem for me. Um, So next scene, we're back at the Tasker's dinner table for a third time. And Helen's going to get a call and this is her first mission is Doris. And, you know, Harry's loving it. He, he knows what's going on and, you know, he's laughing and uh, we did get a scene uh, or we're going to get a scene where, um, where Albert is, he's doing something and he's like, Oh man, I'm going to burn in hell for this. You know, (laughs) I think he's actually calling her and setting up the, uh, the mission, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to burn it on the phone contacting Doris. Yeah. And it's, I thought that the plan they put into place was so elaborate. They have the French agent speaking in his, (laughs) in his romantic voice on the recordings. And he says to, to Gib, he says, what am, who am I doing this for? This is shit. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And and you see uh, Helen, you know, when uh, Harry's asking her about, you know, her day and stuff, her hand is shaking with the coffee pot. Like she's she's a little uh, off tilt about the whole thing. But we're going to get a great scene here. <clears throat> we're at the hotel. Harry's waiting. And Helen shows up. She's supposed to be dressed sexy. And, you know, this dress is is absurd. She's not dressed sexy. She's dressed ridiculous. <laughs> that dress was clearly made to be torn the way she tore it. 
I had to make comment in on my notes of how when she gets to the floor and she sees herself in the mirror and she's like, wait a minute, this isn't going to work. Yeah. And she tears the sleeves off and she tears the collar off and she tears the hem off and yep. she slicks her hair back. Yep. And, and the pose she makes like she's trying to look sexy and she couldn't have looked more uncomfortable trying to do so. And I love she puts the water in her hair, right? And slicks it back. And then there's a quick cut scene. She looks at herself in the mirror. It's like perfectly styled with gel. <laughs> it's it was, great. It and a, it's, it's like another flip switch like we saw with Eddie Murphy and Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. She goes from this demure housewife to this sexy espionage agent just by tearing her dress and slicking her hair back. Yeah, and she is freaking, she is just drop-dead gorgeous in this scene. And this is funny. You know, they really, again, the character growth, you know, in the beginning, she's mousy. It's not giving off a sexy vibe. It's not sexy. It's not sexy for the customer. <laughs> so that, that's a little uh, Beverly Hills Cop for anybody who wasn't there. Uh, but, yeah, she's she's gorgeous in this scene. And she goes into the hotel, and Harry's sitting in the dark, and he's playing the the recording and she's going to do a dance here and her body is incredible. I mean, when, incredible. When she starts dancing and she starts doing the disco moves. Yes. <laughs> that was, that was so well written because it was so funny. She's supposed to be sexy and she's doing these disco dance moves. And Harry has a recording that says dance sexy. And when yeah. the recording tells her to, let her hands be the hands of a lover. And suddenly the music changes. Yep. And now she's a stripper yeah. in a strip bar. And that transformation alone is like, holy shit. Yeah. And she's good. And she dances sexy. Uh, she does fall once, which I thought was funny. Lots of good comic relief. Oh, but that fall was, I made comment on that too, because that fall was absolutely needed to, bring you back to who Helen is trying to be. Yes. So the funny thing is, is that she knew she was going to fall and James Cameron knew she was going to fall, but Schwarzenegger did not know. So his reaction where he jumps up to help her was completely legit. Like he oh. thought she had fallen. No kidding. Mm -hmm. and the and fact like, that he drops the tape recorder during the dance. That was is also, probably one of the funniest no, scenes that, well because he's just not prepared for his wife to do this. Yeah, and that also Ooh. was not scripted. He dropped yeah. it on accident and Cameron liked it so much he kept it. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. So he's going to go over to the bed and um, he's going to you know, put the rose on her mouth and everything and you know she's going to smash him in the head with the phone. And again, Twice. we're going to find out here that you know Helen has got a high moral. She's not going to sleep with anybody but Harry. She's We're getting, you know, the we're getting the character build here that she is just, she's a solid person. I love, I love her character. And I want to ask both of you guys this. I'm going to start with Delyn. Do you think if she hadn't hit him with the phone, Harry was going to reveal that he was a spy. He set this all up and, you know, and he was going to actually have the conversation with her there in this romantic hotel setting that he should have had with her five scenes ago. I mean, I think, think that's where he's headed with it but yeah. the thing is is that if you really know who helen is you would have done that before you kissed her because now you're kissing her as somebody else so right. 
it creates an uncomfortable, okay, wait a second. What's just happened? What just happened here? You know? Yeah. Were you so, going to, were you going to cheat? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's like now you've put her in an awkward position. Whereas if you wanted to just have a nice conversation with her, you could have just had a nice conversation with her. You so know? it's so, very fitting that she hits him with the phone. So Honestly, you, he kind of deserved it. Right. But do you twice. guys think she he was going to, but were you, do you guys think he was going to reveal himself as Harry and a spy? I think he would have eventually had no choice but to. He's yeah. he's in a lit. There's enough lighting for her to see who he is if he's that close. But he's told so her to keep her eyes closed. closed. So eventually, she's going to have to find out that it's Harry. Right. Yeah. I think I agree. the whole point was for him to set this up so he could do something to show his wife um, some excitement. Yeah, I agree. I think that he was going to tell her. He was giving her some excitement, and I think that he was going to, um, you know, this is where his way as a spy. This was his way of talking to his wife, and he was going to break into the conversation after the fun and games were over. That's my take on it, anyway. After she hits him in the head with the phone, um, the Crimson Jihad storms into the room and abducts them both, and she's screaming, you know. Harry, just do what they say. You know, she thinks that they're after her, which I thought oh, was pretty that's, funny. That's that's the best part of the whole scene. She's telling, she's certain that they're after her, and it's not even remotely close. They're after Harry, but she yeah. doesn't know who Harry is yet. So she's automatically thinking, "Well, I'm the spy. He's just the salesman." So right. listening to her scream out, "He he doesn't know anything. I'm the one you want." <laughs> it was so well written. It was. I loved it. Um, all right. So now we're going to get to the jet. Harry and Helen are taken to a private jet where Juno drugs them and flies them off to an island um, where they're shown a nuclear warhead that uh, Crimson Jihad has smuggled <clears throat> has smuggled in a priceless artifact. Um, this is where Helen finds out the truth about Harry. Salam has brought Harry there to make a video confirming that to the United States that Crimson Jihad has nukes. Um, he makes one Harry makes the video. Um, while Salim is making the video, the battery light is blinking on and off. And I love the uh, reaction we're getting from the cameraman. Like he knows he's in big <laughs> trouble if this battery dies. <laughs> he couldn't have been more terrified. He knows what's going to happen, and there's nothing he wants to do to stop it or prevent it. So Remember, the sweat and the shaking and the fear, the, whoever played that role, he couldn't have been more terrified. Was it one of the old airplane movies where the guy's sweating and it's just like pull, like they've got a hose on him? Yes. <laughs> it was like that to me. It was. It was. It was great. I loved it. And, uh, and you know, Helen punches Harry in the face here and it's just like, you son of a bitch, you know? That was a great punch, by the way. It was. Knocked him on his ass. It was. And again, we're shown again that, you know, Helen can handle herself. She is not a wuss. And I love that. Again, it's it's the slow progression of her characters uh, evolving. She's yeah. going from demure to finding out her husband isn't who he is. Um, and she's already cursed out the kidnappers. And now she's punched her husband in the face and knocked him on his ass. That's right. So Albert and Facile are closing in on him. 
Uh, they're following the tracker that uh, earlier in the movie they had put into Helen's purse. But uh, Salim is going to find it, and he is going to crush it with the heel of his shoe, breaking the signal. But I think at this point that Albert and Salim are close enough to where they're going to be able to figure out where they're at. Well, they knew because the signal, they made a point of saying how the signal had stopped. So yeah. they knew where they were. It was just a matter of getting to them. And might I add, that was probably the biggest bug I have ever seen. <laughs> I mean, this thing was bigger than a tongue depressor, for Christ's sake. It was like a brooch. <laughs> oh, it was unbelievable. I'm like, could you be a little more covert? Oh, my God. It was awesome. I loved it. Uh, so we're going to get another great scene there. One of my favorites in the movie. This is the interrogation. Um, Harry's given some sodium pentothal, I'm assuming, and uh, is about to be tortured and interrogated. But he is able to kill the doctor and the guards before he and Helen escape and stumble upon Salim, arming a nuke and setting it in concrete. Um, we find out here that they're in the Florida Keys. Harry kills the terrorists in stealth mode. Uh, until one grabs him, Helen drops an Uzi, which drops down the stairs again in a very campy um, style, killing all the guards. And one of my favorite scenes. One of my Fantastic favorite scenes, scene. too. And it's just it's like, so ridiculously over the top. But it, it's, it's so over the top in any other movie. But in this movie, you don't even question it. Of course, that's what's going to happen. It's perfect. <laughs> She's, um, she, I mean, jumping ahead to that scene, but going back to the interrogation. Yeah, let's, Pat, um, go. That, wherever they found the torturer, I don't know where you find someone that looks that horrid. He looked scary. When, when he begins to, to tell what he's going to do to him, he was thinking, uh, well, I'm thinking about using you as a human shield, and I'll you throw, I'll kill that guy over there with a Patterson Troca on the table, and then I was thinking about breaking your neck. Yeah. And uh, when, when the entire scene, just his reaction, you know my handcuffs? I picked them. And he all of a sudden, everything he just said comes true. It's and great. The look on Helen's face as this all takes place, she's like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. And, and when the, when the sodium pentothal is kicking in, you know, did you ever kill anyone? Yeah, but they were all bad. Yes, but they were all bad. Are, are we going to die? Yep, yep. Probably. She's like, Oh, it's working. <laughs> They're yeah, going to shoot us in the head or probably torture us. Yeah. Oh, he, he did that scene so well. It was great. And um, I, do, um, I do take a little, I know, again, suspension of disbelief. Uh, Helen kicks her shoes off when they're, and it's like, okay, well, I can see why you kick them off because heels are not probably practical at this point, but the, there's like stuff all over the ground here. It's like, she's probably walking on sharp shit. Like, I think you probably would have been better off pulling and romancing the stone and knocking the heels off them, you know? Yes. Right. You Agreed. Know, you got to protect those feet. Yeah. But if that's uh, that's a very small suspension it's of disbelief. It's so small, but I noticed it, and it made me go, oh, I wouldn't take my, my, my shoes off there. I, I, I wouldn't take like my out. shoes off there. But, <laughs> that's but a... you, get, you get to the scene where uh, Harry and Helen now realize they have to do something to stop 
uh, the terrorist, he gives her the Uzi. And when he gets attacked and yells her to shoot, her reaction with this scene was so perfectly done. She goes to shoot and she's so unprepared for what's going to happen that she gets knocked back by the recoil, drops the gun. And only in Hollywood does that Uzi spin down the stairs perfectly tumbling down the stairs firing as it goes and taking and out everyone <laughs> down below perfectly. it was just so per- you're watching it happen you're like no 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 this can't work but yeah. the reaction but Harry. <laughs> the reaction at the end when Harry looks up at Helen and and his reaction his face says what the hell wow and she's like, and her shrug is like, eh, well, what do you know? It was so <laughs> easily taken by the two of them. It's like, yeah. okay, this is getting really good now. Alan is just evolving before our eyes. I loved it. It was a scene that normally would ruin a movie for me, and I was clapping. I loved it. <laughs> um, all right, so Helen and Harry are split up when Salim shoots a rocket <clears throat> at Harry, forcing him to dive into the ocean, and Helen is taken hostage by Juno. And Celine. Let's not forget that Harry turned a tanker truck into a flamethrower. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, God, that's okay. right. And, and I had to make note, this is one of those scenes, like you talk about the Hot Shots parody, because there is absolutely no way in hell that tanker truck is spewing fuel like a flamethrower. No. Without exploding. It back up? Yeah, it would go back up the hose and explode. Oh, it, but... It works so like like Des said. It's it's just a scene that it is so entertaining that you let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, after uh, after Juno takes uh, Helen hostage in the limousine, Albert and Omega team rescue Harry in a chopper and fly him off the island. Albert flies in two Harrier jets to take out the bridge and stop the terrorists from reaching the mainland. Um, Those jets were awesome, by the and, way. And they were real Harriers, and they they rented them for $100,000. There was no CGI done. It was like 2500 bucks an hour, and they actually rented real Harriers with real pilots. And again, that's just why this movie is so sexy and just looks it, so it great. It made the scene. It's the realism of the scene was was worth the cost. There's no yeah. question. The the way the birds maneuver, yep. the scene with um, the the two Harriers firing their Mavericks yeah. at the bridge. I mean, that's, that's spot on. Those are air-to-ground missiles. That's actually the way they travel. Yeah. It was great. They did a very, very realistic job with that scene. And that's why this movie just works, because they did not cut any corners. And yet they still had the comical attitude with it. When you've got the one van with the terrorist balancing on the edge of the destroyed bridge, (laughs) and the pelican lands, and they're all excited, hey, we're alive. And then the pelican lands and tips the balance. I almost peed myself when they went from cheering to screaming as that thing fell and exploded. And the pelican flies away. And the pelican uh, flies away. I love that scene, too. It was great writing. Uh, so Helen overpowers Juno, 
Juno shoots the driver in the head. The limo is creening out of control towards the bridge that's now been uh, that's been destroyed. And, and just if you before- didn't, and if you didn't think for one second that driver wasn't going to get shot in the head, you have not watched enough movies. <laughs> you knew as soon as they started fighting for that gun, that driver was going to take one in the back of the head. Absolutely, and uh, so Harry's going to fly over with the chopper, and he is going to grab Helen at the last minute and pull her out of the limo before Juno is plunged to her death off the bridge. And this stunt scene was actually split up in a couple of shots. Um, the, the dangerous stuff was done by a stunt woman, and uh, Jamie had gotten full credit for it, but she went on record as saying that, you know, stunt woman did most of the stuff. There was a scene where Jamie was suspended from the chopper, and uh, Cameron got a shot, you know, over the shoulder looking down at her face. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, she definitely did some of it. She yes. didn't do all of it. Correct. But but that that rescue scene was very Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, just try, dangling from the helicopter landing strut to grab her from the skylight of the limo that's careening back and forth. You're going to think in reality, the odds of him rescuing her are slim to none. Hollywood pulls off a great rescue scene. Oh, yeah. I thought that the fight between um, Juno and Helen was a pretty cool fight scene as well. You know, they're not pulling any punches. She's hitting her in the head with a champagne bottle. I mean, that's those are heavy. And Juno looked pretty uh, psychotic during that fight, too. Oh, yeah. Like the two of them really got into it. It was a good scrap. Yeah, two strong women. And, you know, I, I, I glossed over one scene uh, before Juno takes her hostage in the car. Um, she does have a standoff with Helen. And Helen punches her in the face and, you know, cuts her eye open with a wedding ring. And Juno is about to kill her. She takes a gun, puts it, holds the trigger. puts it right to freaking Helen's head, is about to shoot her. And Salim actually pushes the gun up and saves Helen's life at that moment. So... Both of these women are are real deal. And uh, I just thought that was interesting. We glossed over that one scene. Yeah, it's also interesting that they had to shut down portions of the Florida Keys Highway. Whereas, is it Seven Mile Highway? Yeah. Um, and they were only allowed to film for seven minutes at a time. Then they'd have to stop and let traffic through. So what would happen is when they would stop traffic, they would have girls going up and down uh, the traffic with free Pepsi and a bumper sticker that said, I got stopped on seven mile highway by Omega sector. <laughs> That's great. That's a nice bit of trivia. <laughs> I didn't read that. Um, all right. So this next scene is like over the top. Okay. Um, <laughs> Helen and Harry are going to have a romantic moment kissing while a nuclear explosion goes off <laughs> in the background behind them. Uh, come on I, again. Only in this movie. Any other movie, only, I'm rolling my only eyes. in Hollywood. I mean, we're not worried about, you know, the other people on the island, nuclear fallout, the wind blowing radiation. Or, no, this is just, look at that lovely glow behind them as they kiss. Thank <laughs> God they've repaired their marriage. Forget the fact that it's a nuclear bomb has now gone off in the Florida Keys. <laughs> I love it. Num, 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 give me more. Uh, so Harry's going to learn here that uh, Samil has landed on a rooftop in downtown Florida on a skyscraper and he has Dana held hostage. So 
uh, Harry's going to commandeer one of these Harrier jets and head off the rescuer. And uh, again, Albert delivers a great line is Harry is, you know, crushing police cars and, and struggling <laughs> to get this thing. And Harry it's says, like a bicycle. <laughs> that's the trademark task or takeoff. <laughs> oh, I love that. Sure, that somebody's going to sign for that. Oh, I'll sign for that. Oh, I'll sign for that. <laughs> that whole that whole sign that whole scene with Harry getting uh getting into the Harrier and taking off and taking off slowly and destroying things and it's great as he, and he starts to rotate it and Gibbs like I think maybe we should take cover yeah I love it because at first he's kind of playing it off like no he's got it man this hundreds of hours oh, yeah, in the Harrier that's a, a, a typical tasker takeoff yeah I think hundreds we should run for cover. It's great. As he finally like gives in to everybody, he's like, "All right, look, this guy shouldn't be in the in this play." <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, there's a great scene where uh, there's a there's a great scene that we also glossed over. Just talking about the Harriers because they were so great. Where uh, Harry and Albert are flying in a chopper and they're going to rescue Helen, and the two Harriers go flying by the chopper, and it's a real scene. And oh man, you couldn't yeah, have got that beautiful. with CGI. Couldn't have got yeah, it with beautiful. CGI. Yeah, that was a great scene. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the next scene, we see a news reporter running. Uh, some news reports running. Crimson Take Two. We see some news reports running. Crimson Tide. Take Three. Crimson Tide. <laughs> it sounds like a detergent. Is it football? <laughs> We see so news to scrub. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we see news reports running Crimson Jihad uh, threats before Salim with a new. <clears throat> Start over. Just clean it up. Start it over. We see news reports running <laughs> threats. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So oh this next <laughs> and tonight at seven, we see news reports. <laughs> okay, so this next scene, we're going to get some news reports running. Uh, some Grimson. <laughs> Take nine hundred and three. I can't get this out. All right, so we see some news reports running Crimson Jihad threats. Before we see Salim with a nuclear warhead on the top floor of a high rise with Dylan held hostage. Dana. Dana's <laughs> held hostage. This whole thing, this whole segment is a train wreck. I might leave some of it. Uh, Dana, steals, Dana steals the nuke key while Salim is talking to a news reporter. She runs to the roof. Fasil kills Salim's henchman. After posing as a cameraman, Salim chases Dana to the rooftop. Harry shows up in Harrier. Dana and Salim both jump to the Harrier. Dana is brought onto the cockpit, but Salim ca is caught on a missile where Harry shoots him into the remaining Crimson Jihad that have all piled into one helicopter, killing them all. And, uh, and he lands and all is good. So let's talk about this scene that I just totally butchered <laughs> <laughs> I, I think at this point i need to tell everybody listening that uh delin is getting over covid and i am just coming down with covid so we're a little demented and loopy during this podcast so take that with a grain of salt 
I think you shouldn't edit any of it out. It's hysterical. I think I'm going to leave it all in because it's pretty damn good. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. The, the, what's funny is Harry shows up with the Harrier. And when he rises up and just opens fire on the entire floor, you're, all you can think of is Hollywood at its finest. The bad. Here comes the Harrier. He's killing all the bad guys. The only thing I wasn't happy with, and why does and I have to make this observation, why is it everybody goes up to the roof when they're trying to get away from somebody? Where the hell are you gonna go on the roof? Yeah, go Good down. Go down. go down. Every single time someone goes into a stairwell trying to get away from somebody, they always go up. Yeah, she Come grabs on. the key and she runs out the door. It's like I'm going down, down. There's police down there. They just you just saw the police down there. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about the cleaner, the guy cleaning the office. Oh, he is <laughs> totally clueless until the Harrier backs through the windows. I love it, and you know, Crimson Geon is starting to prove to maybe not be the best, uh, the best terrorist group. They've they've made some pretty big mistakes. I'm thinking along the lines of the Three Stooges become terrorists. It's it's great though. I love it, and I I love this scene where he shoots Salim into, like I said, the chopper with the remaining Crimson Jihad who have all piled in so neatly to be taken out with one missile shot with their leader strapped to it. It's such a great scene. Again, it's so hot shots. It's so campy. It's so. It's so just horribly great, isn't it? Oh, especially with the "you're fired." Oh you're yeah, that's, fired. That's uh, that was again. It's it's the Hollywood extreme. One hundred percent cheese. Yeah, absolutely. And, but it was so amusing that you let it go. Yeah, and I feel like uh, you know the reaction of Dana when her you know computers software salesman dad like shows up flying a harrier she's like she doesn't even question she's like hey dad <laughs> like he's picking her up for school in the freaking in the minivan but again you know her character for me was a little bit uh it just didn't really work but whatever you know she falls on it he rescues her he lands the harrier saves the day crimson jihad is completely foiled him and his wife are you know, in love again, the daughter is back. She's not going to need, you know, years of therapy after this, of course, right? <laughs> <laughs> One year later, we're at the Taskers, and again, we're having dinner. It's a nice family dinner. When the phone rings, they have a mission. Next, we see Harry and Helen at a black tie event. We get Simon again, serving drinks as a waiter, running his old spy lying on a woman. Helen scares him into peeing his pants before he runs off. Helen and Harry do the tango. Albert is out in the van once again, bitching about how next time he wants to be in there and he doesn't want to be stuck in the van anymore. So, Pat, give me your thoughts about the dinner. Um, I think the last time you see them at the dinner table, it's it's the perfect flip and the perfect ending to the entire family's dynamic. In the beginning, there's nothing but secrets. The daughter is the product of a very unhappy marriage. Uh, her parents' marriage just she's totally has nothing to do with them. And now the end of the movie, after everything they've been through, 
they're at the dinner table, they're having thumb wars, the daughter's interacting with the parents. Everybody's happy, all because there are no more lies. Yes. Yeah. Unbelievably unbelievable. That kid's in therapy. Helen's left Harry. Harry's an alcoholic. I mean, this is how the movie really ends, but I love it. I'm fine with it. It's beautiful. Nim, 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 nim. Give me more. I'm all over it. Lynn, what did you think? <laughs> um, I think that it was a perfect cap that you see Simon again at the end of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, you, you bring him full circle as well because here he is. He didn't learn a damn thing. He's right back at it. And yeah. Helen's not having any of it. So yeah. I, I appreciated that quite a bit. Um, the scene at the dinner table with uh, them doing the thumb wars is when I said, oh boy, anybody but Arnold Schwarzenegger, because he's making that ha 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 face. And it's like, <laughs> it reminded me a total recall. I was like, what exactly. Is that totally. <laughs> it, was a little, it was a little weird, you know, like a total recall when like his face is exploding on Mars. Like that's what it looked like to me. So I was like, this was a moment that would have been better served for a different, a different actor. But I know it was pretty much written for him. It was all his idea. He pushed for it. So you got to give it to him. He did a good job, you know? Yeah. And, and also the scene with Simon at the end, you know, where Helen's going, let me shoot him. Let me just shoot him right now. You know, it was, uh, it was over the top, but I loved it. You but know, it's her lipstick. And you think yeah. she's got a gun under his chin, or at least Simon thinks that. It's yeah. her lipstick. Oh, the, the terror in Simon's eyes when he comes <laughs> across Harry and Helen was awesome. He yeah. realizes he's seeing the people that just almost, he thought they were going to kill him. And yeah. here they are again. And once again, he wets his pants. I love it. I it, love was, it. it was poetic justice to end with Carlos the Jackal. Yes, it was. Yeah. So that's how the movie ends. And, uh, and I loved it. So let's give our rewatch scores. We're going to start with Delin. What is your rewatch score? Zero being you didn't make it through the movie and five being you could watch this thing five more times in a row. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 3.5. And the meaning, meaning bleh, the reason behind that is I really, really, really love Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie. I think she was perfection. I think she she can do no wrong anyways. So don't come for me. I'm just going to say Jamie Lee Curtis is the bomb anyways. But in this movie, she, you believe she's the mousy housewife. You believe she's the badass at the end. She can do both and she does it with style. So I probably could have left the daughter behind Arnold. I could have seen a thousand other guys doing the, the, the job. I got to be honest with you. Um, you know, like we were talking earlier, you could have put a, um, you know, like a another action hero in there. And it probably would have still worked for me. But he was serviceable. He was good. And it was good fun. And it was silly fun. And uh, I enjoyed it. I'd watch it again. 3.5. All right, Pat, what is your rewatch score? I think I would have to give it a 4.5. Uh, the characters were all so well-written. Uh, the character interactions between Harry and Gibb Simple lines like when Harry is going to lead the terrorist into the bathroom, he lights the cigarette and coughs. And all you hear is Gibbs say, dickhead. And <laughs> Harry's response, blow me. <laughs> it, it's it's one-liners like that that make you love the characters and the way they were put together and the way they interacted. Um, 
the evolution of Helen from being the demure housewife who's bored to getting involved with someone just for the excitement, not really looking to cheat on her husband. She's just bored. And all of a sudden that boredom is gone and she's thrust into Harry's life of espionage. And her, her character evolution was pretty spot on perfect from beginning to end. Um, I think my, the, Tom Arnold was probably one of the best or my favorite characters. He was always unhappy about being in the van and ending it with him complaining in the van while Helen and Harry are doing the tango. As soon as the tango music starts, you had to know that it was going to end with Gib being in Harry's air bitching and complaining. Yeah. All right. So, Pat, you're at a 4.5. All right. Yeah. <clears throat> so my final thoughts on this and my rewatch score I usually do not like movies that ask me to suspend my belief a hundred plus times in 90 minutes and that are littered with way over the top uh, parody scenes that, you know, that will rival a movie like top secret, which I hated. I've already said that a few times or hot shots, you know, but for some reason, this movie, uh, it didn't bother me at all. In fact, I loved it. This is one of my favorite movies in this genre. I can watch it over and over and over and over again, anytime it's on. And I was going to give it a perfect five rewatches, but Pat, you talked me off the ledge. Um, <laughs> I can see why you went 4.5. I think Dylan is insane at 3.5, but that's okay. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to abuse the Desa sliding scale tonight and, and shoot over five to give this a perfect score. With Delin's 3.5, Pat's 4.5, and my 4.9, 4.9, this movie is going to come in at four and three quarters rewatches. It's a damn good movie. And if you haven't seen it, what are you waiting for? Go see this movie. Guys, it was an awesome discussion tonight. It's always a lot of fun when you're on the podcast, Pat. And uh, thanks. And uh, it's, it's always entertaining. You and I have talked movies for a very long time. And people have always enjoyed listening to the banter you and I have when we do this. So this is just a great way to let all kinds of people hear how insane we are. That's right. <laughs> and of course, the Lynn, it's always awesome every week doing podcasts with you. I great enjoy it as you know. And I uh, as always, I want to thank the uh, listeners for coming by and supporting the podcast. If you want to support us further, you can do that on the Anchor site. Helps us turn out better content for you. And we will be back next week with Michelle, where we will be reviewing what, Dylan? Starship Troopers. That's right. Starship Troopers. Another more. Good movie. So, yeah. So, all right. Until next week, everybody. Hey, did you ever see that movie? We'll see you next time. Bye.